What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Barbell Talk podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Justin. Join us each week as we discuss all things fitness, training, and nutrition in the world of strength and conditioning. You can find us on Instagram at barbell underscore talk underscore pod. And now, let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Barbell Talk podcast. This is episode four with your hosts, me, Nick, and me, Justin, and me, Nick. Um, today, we're going to be talking about periodization and what was the other part of that, Justin? Training seasons. Training seasons. So this is for the multi-sport athlete, the single sport athlete, and um, our adult clientele as well. Everyone can kind of take from periodization. Um, without further ado, I'll, uh, I'll let Justin start us off with, uh, the definition yeah. of periodization. Uh, all right. The definition, definition of periodization, <laughs> uh, the logical and systematic process of sequencing and integrating training, uh, interventions in order to achieve peak performance at appropriate time points. So basically that was a lot of big words. It was, <laughs> I didn't know if I'd be able to handle it. Yeah. It's a lot of syllables. Kind of impressed. <laughs> impressed. I did. Um, so what that basically says is picking a, uh, achievable or like a, a time period where you want to perform the best. If you're a, an athlete, that would be your sport or, uh, your season. Yeah. And you can go back to episode two and learn more, more about that. We talked about that in, in depth for, for quite a while. Yeah. So then the idea of periodization is that long-term plan up to uh, a year or more. Um, we do want to preface that with this, uh, it's more for the single sport athlete, collegiate athlete, where they're only playing uh, one sport, focusing on one sport, training for one sport, versus multi-sport athletes where you finish one and go right into the other sport where you have no off-season or no preseason. Um this does not work as well. Yeah, so when you're thinking about periodization, you kind of have to follow along with uh, your sport. So say you're playing lacrosse in the spring, right? The springtime is in season. And then the summertime, if you weren't playing like club club sports or anything, we're just kind of going off of the high school high school um, schedule. That would be your off season, correct, Justin? Yes. And then what would the, the fall time be? Would that be still off season or would that be kind of moving into that preseason training? Yeah, that would be, um, that'd be more like your... We'll get into that, but like your first transition. Um, but then closer to the winter would be your preseason. Mm-hmm. And your training, your training goals, uh, time, volume, intensity is all going to change throughout these periods. And we'll get more in depth into that as we go along. But um, this isn't to say if you are a multi-sport athlete, you can't use this. Um, you know, the, the best thing for periodization is training consistency. Yeah, so. It just makes it a little more tricky, but it can be done. Yeah. Uh, it's... Planning and preparing is the best way to have success Mm -hmm. with what you want to get out of training. Yeah, if there's one sport that's more important for you, this is, you know, this is something you can do. And um, adults can use this as well. Um, You know, if there's a a time in your life that you're you're kind of preparing for, say, like the summer season, um, then you can kind of base your periodization around that. Yeah. So the periodization cycles, um, it's kind of like a funnel. So the biggest, the top part of the funnel will be your macro cycle. That's consists of a month. Uh, months to a year. Um, typically, when I look at making a macro cycle for somebody, I look at the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from there, you have mesocycles, and you can have many of those within the macro cycle. And a mesocycle consists of two to six weeks. Um, so, like a training block, uh, which we're, we'll get into. 
And then from there you have your micro cycle, which would be several days to two weeks. Um, that can be your week training, your, and then you just repeat that for two weeks and then you change it up. Uh, and then after that you have a single training day so that the falls down the funnel all the way down to a single training day. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so then getting into each period, the preparatory phase is where you have no games, uh, limited sports specific work. Uh, so you're just focused on training. Uh, you're not having practices. So if, like you said, with lacrosse, this is going to be, uh, probably the fall time where mm-hmm. you're not playing any lacrosse, very little. If well, any. as long as you're not playing club. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is like, again, we're kind of basing this off of just like high school sports, right? Yeah. Just your team sports. Uh, during this time, you are focusing on cardiovascular endurance at low intensity. So you're not running six miles every day. You're going to do little bursts, like maybe a half mile, twice a day, three days a week. Wow. Um, so one mile a day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then during this preparatory phase, resistance training will be kept minimal, just general maintenance, mm-hmm. uh, nothing specific. Yeah, so you can almost think of this as like right after your season. Yeah, um, you take a few weeks rest, um, and then you're kind of bu- building back that that base of athleticism and and aerobic capacity. But if you cut out everything altogether, you will lose a lot of uh, your muscular endurance that you did have during mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. Uh, after the preparatory phase, we get into hypertrophy and strength endurance phase. Uh, so strength endurance uh, is more reps uh, than than anything Mm -hmm. Uh, because once you get into that four five six up to 20 reps um, you are really working on your muscular uh, endurance Mm -hmm. so during this time it's low intensity high volume Uh, you're looking to increase lean body mass and your muscular endurance you're going to be working into a 50 to 75 percent of your one rep max and you're looking at three to six sets of eight to 20 reps a lot of reps yeah so layman's terms you know um less challenging just more exhausting almost right yeah Yeah, your first couple reps are going to be easy let's say you're doing a squat Mm -hmm. you're gonna be like oh this is way too light but then you get to eight to ten to fifteen reps it gets very challenging this is where you're going to feel more of the burn for for the exercises but you're also going to put on a lot of size during this time um more likely volume is going to put on size rather than intensity. So that's just more overall load that you're lifting throughout the, the training period. Yeah. This, this phase, this hypertrophy is looked at as bodybuilding exercises because you want to go for that muscle mm-hmm. muscle gain. Yeah. After the hypertrophy and strength endurance, you're looking at basic strength. Uh, here you're looking to increase uh, the primary muscles used in your sport. Uh, it's more complex and specialized toward the sport. And you're going to be looking at heavier loads with lower volume. So now, whereas before you were in a 50 to 75% range, you're now at 80 to 95% of your one rep max. And you're looking at two to six sets of two to six reps. So a lot lower reps, uh, but it's a heavier weight. So if you are doing a heavy load and still going to six reps, it's going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. And we've talked uh, or mentioned one rep maxes quite a bit in this. If you don't have a one rep max, um, which is totally okay. You can use a, what we call an RPE scale, and that is your rate of perceived exertion. Um, 10 will be the hardest, 1 will be the easiest, and you can rate each set on that that scale. So when you're looking at, what was the, what were the percentages? For the last one. Yeah, the most recent one. Uh, 80 to 90%. So that would be, you know, an 8 or a 9 out of 10 on, on, on difficulty. And 
there is a difference between what you feel is an eight or nine and what looks like an eight or nine. An eight or a nine is going to be, you might be able to get one to two more reps. Um, you know, we call those reps in reserve, RIR. Um, so you can use both of those. Like this was a eight out of 10. I maybe had two reps left in the tank. Um, so instead of just basing percentages off of a one rep max, you can also use that. If you're at RP 10, it's questionable if you're going to get the get the rep yeah yeah like you need a spotter yeah uh after that after the uh basic strength phase you're getting into the strength and power phase uh this is done during the preseason uh so you're doing a lot of practices sports specific stuff um on top of your training so here we switch to low uh it's a very wide range low to high loads of um of training so you are going to be between 30 and 95% of your one rep max. That's a very large range. <laughs> yeah. um, for two to five sets of two to five reps again. Um, so it, it really depends on what, uh, how close to the season you are. You're going to start a lot higher in the percentage just as you start practice. But then as you get closer to the season, you want to drop down. Mm-hmm. So this is really just kind of basing things off of how you're feeling, right? Um, if you're doing a lot of preseason practices, tryouts, you know, sport coaches have you have you working pretty hard early in the season. Um, so this will be based off of really how you're feeling, and you just have to kind of take into account, um, you know, your your energy levels, how much sleep you're getting, how are you eating, and everything like that, and then base your workouts off of that because it's better to work out than it is to not work out. So if you have a day where you're you're really energized, you haven't done anything the past couple of days, then maybe you go a little bit heavier. Uh, whereas if you're, you know, dead tired, he ran 20 miles yesterday, um, then maybe you just take it a little bit easy and just get the body moving in, in a, a decent way. Yeah. And with, uh, I think we talked about this multiple times, probably our first and second episode mm-hmm. about making sure recovery is a uh, top priority as well. Um, if you are doing four practice, four to five practices a week and have to train four to five, uh, lift four to t- five times a week it's going to take a lot of toll on your body. And when you get to uh, your strength training or your practice, it's going to affect you and really open you up to injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and throw on, we're talking about high schoolers, throw on a job in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Schoolwork. Yeah. Job, schoolwork. Parents. You're, yeah. You're going to be walking into the gym like a zombie, yeah. not want to do anything. And you could really hurt yourself if you're not focused. Yeah. Uh, after that, you just completed your preseason. Now it is time for the season. Um, it's as we mentioned in the last episode that it's very important to uh, do preseason or uh, in-season training, uh, even if it is just one day a week. So I'll say what reps and percentage you're supposed to be in, and then we can elaborate more on uh, in-season training. Okay. Uh, so you want to be between 50% and 93% of what your one rep max, and you're only at one to three sets and one to three reps. So it's a very quick uh, training session uh, per exercise, and it just gets you moving essentially. But uh, we can talk more about in-season training. Yeah, um, in-season training is probably going to be one of the more important training seasons that there are. Um, you know, working with the, the athletes that we do, uh, we, we find that a lot come and go, especially during that in season. And when a lot of kids are playing multiple sports in season is pretty much, you know, 75% of the entire year. But 
really um, the importance behind in-season training is, you know, say you are only playing one sport. So you've been working, you've been training, uh, working out and establishing a, you know, an incredible base for that season for about nine months out of the year. And then for the final three months, you stop training altogether. Um, kind of right there, you, you, there's some red flags that pop up, right? Sure, the first few weeks um, of, the, tra- of the, the sports season, you're not going to lose the lean muscle mass that you have or necessarily like get out of shape, especially because you are playing that sport. But if you're a team that you know gets somewhat far into the season and into playoffs and everything like that, it's been three months since you've trained, and now you're expecting to have similar to, if not the same, uh, lean muscle mass, strength, and power levels that you had when you entered the season. Oh, excuse me. Um, that's just not really going to, to happen. And, um, you know, like, in-season training doesn't have to be the most challenging training in the world, but what it should be doing is should be trying to maintain the strength that you put on as well as maintain the power deep into the season that you've built um, throughout the entire year. Um a good example of this is the the Patriots. There was um, I forget the season. I think it was 2017 or 18. Whenever they won the Super Bowl last, but uh, there was a training session either the day before, two days before, maybe the day of the Super Bowl, where they were lifting um, 80% of their one rep max and squats. You know, and this was right before the Super Bowl. Um, and it goes to show that you know that this training does pay off in the long run when you you know win that Super Bowl after just training a day or same day as the biggest game of your you know career. So that's not to say that the scheduling of in-season training isn't going to be challenging, and we'll kind of um, dive into when the best times to train in-season are. But it just goes to show that the importance of in-season training is is very high, and it's probably going to be more important than your off in your preseason training just because it's going to maintain the, like I said, the strength, power, lean muscle mass, um, your aerobic capacity going into the playoffs and deep into your season. And the whole idea behind this whole periodization thing is preparing you for peak performance. Um, So like you said, the Super Bowl, that is obviously your top peak. But for uh, a team sport, it's really a kind of a blanket of your whole season versus uh, someone that competes in a a single event uh, like the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They follow this very closely um, because they're performing for a peaking for a week out of the entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they want to have the, the best performance going into that week. Um, so like I said, the you're all the way up to 93% of your one rep max for only one to three reps. Um, I've had a lot of times where uh, clients will say, I have a uh, a game in three days or even or even tomorrow uh, can we go light or, mm-hmm. or not do legs so, and then I have to explain the importance of like okay we are going to do your squat but it's only going to be two three reps yeah and that's because the intensity of the lift uh, the, the closer it is your your one rep or that one or that 10 out of 10 um that's not gonna. That's not what makes people sore. It's the it's the volume. It's the amount of reps that you're doing. So even yeah. if the weight's like a little bit lighter, but you're doing a set of like ten to fifteen, like that's gonna make you more sore than a set of you know two to three reps. Yeah. So with that same client, we'll do the squat at let's say ninety percent, two reps, three sets, um, and then I ask them how, they're, and they were like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Yeah. And you might be a little sore the next day, but in in reality, you're you're maintaining your strength, and and you might even be getting stronger in season, which is going to um, be better than probably ninety to ninety five percent of the people out there on yeah. the field. 
All right. Uh, after the in season, did you have anything else you want to say about the in season? Well, I would say uh, let's go. There's back a lot. To like, There's yeah, a lot to do with. Let's that. go back to like when you would work out in the season. Okay. Um, because you're you know practicing every day and you have games probably every two to three days. Um, in season training can kind of be hard to manage from a scheduling standpoint. Um, but really, what you're what you're trying to do, like most people will come in that Saturday and Sunday and train. When in reality, during the season, um, you don't want to add extra days of stress um, to your weekly schedule. So stress as in like a game practice or a lifting session. So really, you know, the best time to lift in season is after, you know, maybe a hard game, a hard practice, uh, a couple days after a game, something like that. But that will just make sure that you're, you know, kind of building on the stress from earlier that day. And then on that Saturday, Sunday, you get a full day off of, of rest and recovery. And again, rest and recovery isn't just laying in bed all day. It's, you know, taking a walk, golfing for some people. Um, (laughs) But it's making sure that you're taking care of your body, getting good nutrition, getting maybe a couple extra hours of sleep so you t- can recover better. But um, we found that like the, the the athletes that come in, you know, after after a game and, you know, it's it's challenging to get in after a game because some games won't end until nine o'clock at night. But just making just building off of that stress from the day is going to be better than if you add that that sixth day of stress to your weekly schedule. And that can just be that one time a week, right? It could be after maybe um, a a pregame pregame practice or something like that. But we'll f- you've, you'll find most of the times um, players in the MLB will lift after a game um, versus like after a practice, just because there's so many games that they're going through. But they're getting that full day of recovery after it. Yeah, and the, for baseball, for major league, you could be playing five, six games a week. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, and the and that lifts don't have to be that long, right? It can be thirty to forty minutes. You come in, do your warm-up that we talked about last week, um, get in a few power exercises with some medicine balls or some jumping, which aren't going to make you too sore, right? It's kind of low stress on the body, but, you know, high output. And then maybe you get one to two compound lifts just to maintain your strength. Um, And then, you know, do a little bit of recovery work, and you're good to go in about 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, not long at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very important to just keep active and keep moving and not – I don't want to say not take the day off because your recovery is most important, but mm-hmm. um, just to not stop training during your whole season. Yeah. Uh, after the season, it's referred to as the second transition, uh, which is more commonly referred to as the off season. Um, the off season kind of mixes in with um, the preparatory phase. Uh, it's not too long. You can kind of choose how long you want it to be based on when you need to peak next. But during the off season, you're definitely focusing on active rest, taking that walk or uh, just light movements, um, and then recovery. And this is where you see professional sports players play golf <laughs> a lot. So, um, football finishes their season and they're hitting the golf course, yeah, hitting the, the links. Yeah. They're just <laughs> relaxing, uh, recovering mentally and physically. Um, although and, I don't find golf that relaxing. I think I come out more stressed than when I went in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very challenging sport mentally yeah. and physically. Maybe if you're a professional football player and you're just trying to hit a ball as far as you can. It doesn't matter. That's what I do. But I'm just okay. not a professional football player. <laughs> um, so then the stress of having to pay for 18, 18 holes of golf, too. That's true. Again, if you're a professional football player, I don't <laughs> yeah. think you're paying for 18 holes. No. Uh, after that, like I said, it just kind of blends right into the preparatory phase where you have no games, limited sport activity, and you're just trying to get moving and uh, stay, stay in shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, after a long silence... Yeah. Um, 
Now, where does periodization fit in for the multi-sport athlete? Um, there are a couple different types of periodization. You know, what we've talked about is um, linear periodization, I believe. Um, there's daily undulating periodization. There's just, there's different kinds of periodization. But in reality, periodization means that, you know, every day you're trying to get a little bit better than you were yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, so although, you know, a collegiate athlete who has a program written up for them by their, you know, division one strength coach um, is going to have a little bit more time to train, a little bit more structure than a high school athlete who plays basketball, um, soccer, and volleyball. Um, I think I hit those seasons correct. Um, that's going to be a little bit more challenging to have, you know, your peak phase, your prep phase, your maintenance phase, everything like that, because you're always playing, you're always practicing. So that's where um, having that, that RPE scale is going to become very beneficial. And just um, training your changing your training um, days based on your schedule. So again, if you have a game, it might be best to come in and get a, you know, an in-season, you know, power and strength workout. If, you know, you're kind of just leading up to the season, you can still aim to put on a little bit of size and, you know, that's going to help, you know, kind of going into the season and then, and trying to maintain that as best you can in season. But really the main thing that we're we're trying to get with with periodization is that there there does need to be some sort of structure and some sort of goals to be you know hit every few months um, and that you are you know training training year-round because consistency is going to be your best friend when it comes to building strength size um, and basic athleticism yeah I think for that multi-sport athlete I was just thinking like if you don't have a strength coach I know for colleges like it's easy it's provided for you. Um, but if, if you're in high school and you don't have a strength coach telling you what to do, when to do it, uh, it can be very easy to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm going to sit here and Mm -hmm. watch TV, play video games versus in college. When you have that strength coach, even if you are a multi-sport athlete still, uh, they have the plan written out for you. You're playing your sport, you're in season, they have your training for you two, three days a week. Uh, and then as soon as you make that transition, you don't have to do any thought. Mm -hmm. They already have your the rest of your team for that second sport rolling on that p- program and then mm-hmm. you can just jump right into it yeah um and your body uh can just carry right over versus uh doing all that training stopping doing nothing mm-hmm. and then trying to get right back to 90 percent uh work yeah but someone that doesn't have that structure can easily you know fall off the wagon um you know or just go to the gym and not do something that's necessarily beneficial for them to build that athleticism, that, that base, that aerobic capacity, um, everything like that. So there is a, a very important part to periodization is avoiding overtraining. Uh, there's a, there's a point in it where if you are not changing what you're doing, uh, regularly and staying at a certain percentage, you're, you can overtrain and it can cause not only physical problem issues, but mental problems as yeah. well. Emotional issues. Yeah, yeah, emotional. Sorry. Yeah, no, my bad. Fine. Just <laughs> mental issues. Yeah, sorry. You go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because training, you know, just like a sport has to have, you know, you have to be able to hit goals, right? If I'm if I'm trying to bench, uh, if I come in every week and try to hit a new one rep max, like, I, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to get... I work for you for a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, but looking in the long run, you're just going to destroy yourself. Yeah, but training is a, a linear thing, right? It's, it's better to come in... Um, every week and try to add five pounds on the bar at a certain amount of reps. And when that kind of plateaus, you know, change up the reps, let's get a little bit heavier when that change, when that hits, you know, we plateau again, we just need to change things up, but it's important to continue to hit those goals. That way, when you do come to the gym, it is exciting. It is new. 
Um, this doesn't mean changing up the exercises every week, but you know, always trying to be better than you were last week. Yeah. I hope that was some motivation too. You know? Yeah. Always got to have that motivation in there. Yeah. Um, but really that's the, the basis of periodization. It does get a little bit sciencey, but for, you know, the majority of the population, you know, just making sure that you are doing things each week and trying to get a little bit better than you were last week and, and maintaining things in season, getting, um, you know, stronger and more athletic out, outside of season, um, is just going to make your life so much easier. And it doesn't have to be that challenging. Yeah. We just kind of scratch the surface on each phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any specific questions about each phase or more specifically in season training, feel free to reach out. Yeah. We have an email address. You can email us. Some people questions. have been using it. Yeah. yeah. We have gotten a few emails. It's been great. Oh, sorry about that. I forgot that's to right. mute my watch. Um, so anything else on um, the mind for today? Um, you can do it. Same inspiration as last week. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I said last week. Uh, I said I said you can do it. That was my inspiration for last week. Oh, okay, that is the inspiration. Nice. Um, but yeah, like always, we appreciate you guys, you know, tuning in and, and listening. This is a little bit shorter of an episode, um, but we still hope that it was um, full of, I guess, knowledge. Not yet yeah, knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, and power um, is strength, and strength is knowledge. Um. But yeah, after that little circle, um, you know, please be sure to uh, rate us on iTunes. Um, leave us a review. I mean, you don't have to, but it's it's nice. I mean, Nick, I would like to make you aware that iTunes has not been a thing for a couple years now. I'm at Apple Podcasts. Yep, there you go. <laughs> but iTunes. Yeah. You know, let me get my iPod Mini out. Or iPod <laughs> Shuffle. Um, but yes, rating us on Apple Podcasts um, helps. Sharing this with some friends and family also helps. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, But every little thing that you guys do, um, you know, one makes us happy and then two uh, gets us to more people. So we appreciate it. There's already, uh, I think, one or two reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is nice. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, tune in every Tuesday morning around 7 a.m. You know, we've had some requests for just releasing them as we go, but I think a schedule is a little bit easier for us. And um, you will hear from us next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you again. Let us know if you have any topics you want us to talk about. Yes. It does help. Yeah. All right. Peace.